0: Welcome to a new episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast. Lately, it seems like a lot of people are switching jobs or taking on a different role. In this episode, we will share our thoughts on when it is the right time to take a new career change, or maybe share our thoughts on when it hasn't been the best time. Let's go around the table or virtual table and give introduction of today's panelists. Jem, you want to start it off?
1: Jem Young, engineering manager at Netflix.
0: Stacey.
2: Stacey London, senior front-end engineer on Trello.
0: Augustus. Augustus, senior software engineer at Twitch. All right. And I'm Ryan Burgess. I'm a software engineering manager at Netflix. In each episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast, we love to choose a keyword that if it's mentioned in the episode, we will all take a drink. What did we decide today's keyword is?
2: Timing.
0: Timing. All right. If we say the word timing, which I'm pretty sure we will. Uh, we will all take a drink. I figured a good way to start was I would like to really know what typically triggers each of you to start thinking about a new role or even like just not even deciding to make that role change, but even just being like inkling, I think I need a role change. Maybe it's moving to a new company. What what triggers that?
2: Oh, so many factors. <laughs> maybe you're not doing the. Let's I, I just as an example, maybe you're like not doing the kind of work that you're really excited about. Um, or you not necessarily bored, but maybe there's just something about what you're doing that's a little too routine and you want to challenge yourself more in different and switch it up that way. I think boredom
1: is correct. I, I was speaking with the engineering uh leader here who I really respect, uh Bruce Wang, and he shared he has a GitHub page, which I'll we can link in the show notes. But it, it shows his philosophy as a engineering leader. And it's like a chart where it's like, you wanna strike the balance between challenging and something that is, is comprehensible and it's in your wheelhouse. And it's a really hard balance to strike because if it's too challenging, then you get burnt out because you're just like, ah, things are on fire all the time. I, I just don't feel like I'm accomplishing anything. And if it's too easy, then you get bored. And then same, same thing, but different, different side of the coin. You don't feel like you're accomplishing anything meaningful. And so you really want to strike that balance. And I think when I'm thinking about, thinking about a role change, it's when I'm on either side of that coin, uh, more likely the boredom side, uh, I'm not one to shy away from a challenge. I, I prefer them, but, uh, I'll, there, there's a lot to it. Like Stacy said, <laughs> there's, there's many, many things that go into, uh, changing roles. But for me, I think boredom in the absence of a meaningful challenge is one of the first things.
0: I think to add to the challenge part, too, is like, I think that years of experience isn't really equal, if if that makes sense. If you sometimes are at a different company or a different role, you might be challenged that much more and learn that much in a year than you would at like a job where you're like, I get this. And so I think that that's something I think about, too, is like constantly being challenged. I'm going to grow faster. And so if I start to feel complacent and just feeling like I've got this, then that's like, not going to help my growth. And those, those years of experience are still years of experience. Like, don't get me wrong, but I feel like jumping into a new challenge is like 10 X the years of experience just from that.
3: Yeah. I, I wanted a plus one, the, the growth part, like not necessarily boredom, but I think it's like always good to have an idea of where you want to be in, you know, five, 10 years. And if all of a sudden you don't really see that path, like really happening where you are, then I think that's always a good time to like reevaluate like, okay, what can I do at my current company to get back on track? And if there's really like nothing available, then, then maybe it's maybe that that's probably a sign, you know, maybe it's time to look um, and, and explore and you should never feel ashamed about exploring opportunities, right? Like everyone it's like, it's, You have to do what's in your best interest, just like the company will do what's in their best interest. And you'd like to think that for a lot of companies, their best interest is you, but that doesn't always align, sadly. That's just the sad truth,
0: so. Well, I think sometimes too, exploring doesn't mean you're necessarily going to leave, right? Ultimately, it just might highlight that you like what you do and that's like the best place for you. And so I I actually almost say that it's a good thing to continually look for new opportunities. Like, yeah, there's a balance. You're not going to do that full time, but to keep your eyes open for certain things and just hear about different roles because it it may just remind you that you actually do love what you're doing and, and that can be awesome in itself. Or you find an opportunity that you're like, I can't pass that up because it's so good.
2: That was a situation for me where I was hoping to stay in sort of a technical track and the next pat like step from senior was uh, principal. And the, the current place, the place that I was at, I talked to, you know, a few people about it. They're like, no, that's not really an opportunity, you know, here. And so I was like, well, that sounds like there's not a career advancement where I'm at. So like that, you know, forced me to, to look around and, and then I found a spot where that could be an opportunity and and, and a possibility. So yeah, that, that's definitely a a reason. (laughs)
1: We can all learn from you, Stacey, and being proactive about our career and looking ahead five years and saying, Where do I want to go? And is my current role where I'm at suited to take me there? And so I like I, I that's why I have so much respect for you, because you will be proactive and think about these things versus, you know, it could be five years from now. You're just like, "Ah, I can't get a raise or I'm just not going anywhere and you're just frustrated but like that is something entirely within your power to change, especially in our industry, especially right now, is do what you did. You want to be principal? Go, go, move to a place where you can be a principal.
0: Why right now, Jem?
1: Oh man, uh, we're <laughs> gonna we're gonna go, I thought we were gonna get to this later, but um, <laughs> so I'll tell you now. Right now, we are going through um, a compensation review season at Netflix at work. Uh, it's not performance review I think,
0: and Google's going through a bunch of this stuff too.
1: I think a lot of companies are around the same time yeah. of year and we're, they're not called performance reviews cause they're not performance reviews. They are, I think it's an important distinction to separate, uh, measured performance versus comp Well, we do it at different times of the year deliberately. But, uh, part of, part of being a manager at Netflix means I need to go out and look at the market and say, What is the top of market for my current team? And am I paying them enough? Is their compensation correct? And so, in doing that, I talk to a lot of people, like a lot of people, and I read a lot of articles, and I like to understand the state of the industry. And right now, across all industries, this isn't just software engineering, all industries, we are going through, I don't know, what's it called? The great attrition, where people are switching roles or dropping out of the market or switching to entirely new career paths because being stuck at home this past uh, pandemic year. So that's two normal years is uh, one pandemic year. Uh, Being stuck at home during a pandemic year means that we've had a lot of time to think and reflect on what we're doing in the world. And are we making a difference? Are we actually doing anything? So you take away all the the perks, all the seeing your coworkers every day, the shiny buildings we go into, the free lunches, the motivational posters on the wall. You take all that that away.
2: And what take you're away left the with accessories, is... posters. <laughs> Successories.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you take away all that, the, the hang in there monkey. What you're left <laughs> with is like, it, it's a job. And a job at the core is how you exchange your time for money. And having all this time to think, we've all, like uh, collectively, uh, uh, at least in the United States, uh, but I think this extends broader. We've all looked at our lives and our careers and been like, this isn't what I want to do. I'm not making a difference anymore and money isn't everything. And that, that is, it's not just tech. It's all industries, which is really fascinating. Uh, I for one am fascinated to see what's going to happen in five years and what's the result of all these things. But yeah, I've heard people dropping out of tech to become like, I don't to open a restaurant or do something like they really want to do with their lives. So that said, uh, combine that that feeling we all have with the fact that if anything the pandemic has solidified tech's hold on the world and the fact that we all need it it is no longer oh yeah twitch is is nice for entertainment and netflix is nice and you know these uh all these software development tools they're they're nice to have no they are necessary parts of society now so every tech company that you have ever heard of is hiring every almost every yeah. single one so yeah, you, you take what I said about being being burnt out and and considering reconsidering your career of choices, and the fact that every tech company is hiring. It is literally the best time in history to switch switch jobs. And don't don't at me on Twitter. I'm not <laughs> telling you to switch your jobs. I'm just saying, hypothetically, if you wanted to do that, it's a really good time to do that. Also, tech salaries have I mean, never been higher. Uh, that's just a chance. That,
0: that being said, too, like I honestly believe it's kind of one of the best times to interview, too. Is because you're not required to go in person, and so it's a lot more flexible. Where you can just slot a time on your calendar where you're like, "I'm in a meeting," or you know, half day, "I'm in a meeting." You don't you don't show up to work really well dressed, and people are like, "Oh, are you interviewing today?" Like you know that ca- like that's an obvious situation versus or oh, I have to take a random Wednesday off. That doesn't have to happen, right? And nobody's the wiser and you don't have that awkward feeling. So I agree in so many of what you said, Jem, but also it's easier. And and I think that helps the situation. But to something else you said, uh, you mentioned comp. And I think like comp is not a driver always for everyone, but compensation is important. We need to make money, right? Like we need to make money to survive and, you know, better ourselves, whatever. You you can look at it in so many different angles. I also want to call out something that I've recognized why I've left companies or roles in the past not feeling valued. And and comp can be that signal is like but it may not even be that is having a manager being like, You're doing a great job. That is sometimes like value enough, but compensation can be a value trigger or just like being recognized for your work. And I think a lot of those things have stemmed me being like, oh, I should probably go look for something else because I'm not being valued. And, and that can be it too.
2: Yeah, to your point, Jim, just a little bit earlier about people like switching roles maybe more frequently now in the pandemic after having thinking about things, like if you would have asked me a few years ago if I would like switch jobs or switch roles like, during a pandemic, I would have been like, no, like that, I, that sounds scary. Like I'm a conservative person in, the, in in a lot of ways. And I'm like, no, I, I wouldn't. That would, sounds too risky. And, but I did it because of this, I, during the pandemic, I switched because I was like, you, you're, you're assessing like what makes you happy and why, you know, you have all that a lot more time you've had potentially more time to think about that. And I was like, yeah, I need to, I need to make a change because I'm oh. not happy when I'm doing what I'm doing.
0: I'm so thankful I made a change. And yeah, it was did during it the too. pandemic. Actually like,
2: a bunch of us did.
0: Yeah, so did, yeah, Jem
1: as well. Timing was right, you might say.
2: <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, Cheers <laughs> Augustus, nice. well,
1: well put. Cheers. And I, I think it, an, an important uh, distinction to call out for our uh, Fred and Happy Hour regulars is we're not saying switch jobs or switch companies. We're saying switch roles. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. that's just switching roles within your own company. Sometimes it's switching roles within your own team. Like you move from senior software engineer or software engineer to tech lead. That is a different role, but you're still on the same team and you have a, a very different spot on your team. Ryan says this all the time about being a manager, but being a manager is a role on a team. It is not a promotion. It is it is a different a role. different life. role. We have yep. jobs on the teams, just like software engineers have jobs on the teams. Uh, so I just thought, thought I'd want to call that out that you don't necessarily have to move everything and flip it upside down and throw the table out, out the window. If you want to change, uh, you can just often do it within your own team.
0: I mean, sometimes it does feel good to flip the table and be like, fuck this, up <laughs> <out."
1: laughs> Such a great feeling is, and we we've all been there is when you've already, you've already, uh, you have an offer, you've already accepted it. You put in your two weeks and you're in like these planning meetings and you're just like, don't care. <laughs> hey hey gustus could you uh could you could you go and take care of that you're like yeah i'll take care of that in two weeks sign two me weeks up in one day <laughs> oh, you, you come come back me. send me an email
0: it reminds me of the scene from the office like michael scott walking around <laughs> with like splendid scotch i'm not gonna say that that's a great idea but he just doesn't give a shit he's like yeah whatever like i'm out like i put in my two weeks it's like it totally is that feeling, jam You're like, yeah, sign me up. I'll, I'll take on all the work. <laughs> yep. You want that done? Sure. <laughs> I love it. So how would you approach society when the right time is to make the change? And I didn't say the word keyword timing. Cheers. Cheers. That is a tough one to decide is like, when is the right time? My my thoughts around this is I I, I do
3: think it's hard to pinpoint, but you don't want to be, you don't want to catch yourself in this moment where you realize, wow, I really should be doing a role change and having this urgency that needs to happen for it. That's why I think some of the points y'all mentioned earlier where like, you know, it never hurts to explore opportunities. In fact, it's very important. And you should just make it kind of a regular cadence, like every like two years or something, just Look at it, see what uh, what other opportunities are available, um, and just reevaluate where you are in your career path, and ask yourself if you're like making the right move. But yeah, it, it is kind of hard to time. I don't know if we go by averages in tech. Apparently, it's it's pretty low. <laughs> two yes, two years. <laughs> two years is what recruiters tell me. Managers tell me it's four years, but
0: <laughs>
1: no, it's two years. It's definitely two years. It's like two years? okay. Mm-hmm. Cause it's the first year you're still trying to figure things out. And then after a year, you're like, I figured things out. So by the end of two years, you're like, okay, this isn't for me. Just, <laughs> that was a good yes. call out, uh, Augustus on, you don't necessarily want to make a change when your back is against the wall, when like you're forced to, that's usually the worst time to make a change because you're not necessarily thinking rationally, and this isn't to say if you're in a bad situation, like a toxic work environment, you shouldn't just, you know, get the F out. Uh, absolutely you should, but if you're just like, I don't know, things aren't working out or I think the company's going under those are the times when it's often not the best time to make a change. Not that you shouldn't get out of a sinking company, but you know, when any, anything that's impacting your emotions or your ability to think rationally, because you are subscribing to something when you get a new job, like you're making some sort of commitment, hopefully, uh, for, you know, the next percentage of your life. and. Yeah, you you should approach that with all the caution and care that you would with any other decision.
0: I think it's smart that you called
1: that out, Jem. It was Augustus.
0: Oh, sorry. I think that was smart that you called that Augustus (laughs) and Jem. I think it's really important that sometimes you do make rash decisions where it's just like, you know, you're unhappy. And so you just want to jump to the next thing. And that's not a great place to be. And it kind of goes back to what we were saying is. Always be evaluating, like always be open to new opportunities or at least hearing them out. You know, maybe you're not doing that on a daily or weekly basis, but like maybe every half year, a year, every two years, you're kind of thinking about what your career looks like and what other opportunities there are. But I've definitely made mistakes where I was like, nope, got to get out like it's so bad. And it, I waited too long. And then you, you do make a rash decision and it may not have been the best job that you're jumping into and so I think that's very important to think about the timing cheers 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 what are steps that you usually take to make a change like do you think through it holistically like sometimes I wish I thought more about what's the next step are you all good about that Do you think it through or how do you think that what the next step is
2: yeah I probably overthink it but it's so important to me who i work with and so like i do a lot of research on like who's going to be on that team that i'm on or what is the manager like and if i can sometimes you don't have insight into that at all but like asking around your network and getting a feel for like the culture of a place that you're going to and is it positive or toxic or you know um, is there diversity there? Like, do they care about that? Like, there's all these questions that kind of float around, and you're like, you know, am I going to be valued at, for who I am at this place? And those are all so huge to me. So I'm like always thinking about that. I'm trying to figure out uh, if I can get answers to those kind of questions even before I talk to to a company.
3: I will say it's... I'm freaking awful at this, <laughs> but one thing that's definitely helped uh, talking to some friends and. know all of you um is is like definitely like writing down it might it might be hard i I don't know it's sometimes easy to forget but you know just write down do pros and cons of like when you're like looking at different options like even if it's a basic role change you know look at what your current job has and then the role that you're aspiring to be and really just make a pro con list of like what's going to change and really really take give yourself the time to think it through you know I think Stacy called out some good, good things like team culture. That's sometimes something we forget, you know, money isn't everything. Like you pay me a million dollars to be with people who beat me up every day. I don't, I don't think that's <laughs> worth, but like it, it's, it's easy to forget, but pro pro and con just do pros and cons. And really, I think the most important thing when you do this though, is like really like understand what you value, what is important to you. Like for some people it's culture, some people it's like their career growth, some people it's their money, uh, but really like understand what you value and then and then work backwards from that really. Like that's really the best you can do.
1: So, you. To add on to that, uh, I think it's important to remember we're saying these things as people with a crap ton of experience. Like we are all senior, except for me. I'm the most junior person in my role currently uh, on the podcast. <laughs> uh, that's Okay. But so like we, we have enough background in, in, history to make these kinds of decisions, uh, such as for my next role, do I want to go to a startup and be scrappy? But the work life balance probably isn't going to be that great as a big tech company where I won't, all will be very siloed into this one specific area, but the work life balance will probably be a little better and work will be a little more stable. We can say these things because all of us have worked at startups and large companies. So we, we understand that balance. If you're less experienced, some advice would be go to the opposite place where you are. If you're at a startup, go to a big company. And if you started a big company, go to a startup, get a taste for all of it. And then over time, you'll discover, you know what? I really prefer mid-stage startups like Series B or Series C that are already off the ground. All the dust is already blown off, but they're not quite big enough where I'm going to feel like another cog in the wheel. Uh, or the other way, I started a startup, and I want to see how like, processes and people who have uh, a lot of experience are thinking about really big, complex problems. So I'm going to go to a bigger company. But that comes with time. And so if you're just starting out, yeah, do the opposite of what you're doing now. If you're, if you're looking for a role change, I, this may come back to haunt me as bad advice, uh, but try it. You know you you only have a finite number of working years that you're really going to be into the software and get as much experience as you can.
2: Follow up to like what Augustus was saying was like what you value and then uh what aligns with like that company. I think I've talked about it on this podcast before. I probably should just like see if I can like make this spreadsheet public as like a template, but yeah, the I basically like your values. And then you can give them weights. So you can say like, I, this is a 10, like one one to 10. Like I value this at a 10 or I don't value this at all one. But anyway, and then in, like in other columns and you have like the companies that you're talking to and then you can just like score it. Basically like check off like what these companies have and then you get scores. <laughs> it's like company A is 65 or whatever that is. And, you know, the best score kind of wins um, cause it because it is hard to like, hold all these things in your brain and try and and say like, oh, I value this and this company has this. You can like kind of score it on a spreadsheet if you're a really big nerd (laughs) like me.
0: Honestly, Stacey, before you talked, I was going to say it like plug your spreadsheet because I think that that's the thoughtfulness that I've always appreciated where I've learned from you where I'm like, yeah, I need to think about this more holistically and think of the pros and cons and like, doing that it's like i think you i think we're all thinking that right like you is going through our heads but actually mapping it out and putting that time in it's great like it's like you can see it and visualize it and see it in front of you and it, it becomes like more of a thoughtful decision so i think it's an amazing point and i wish i was more thoughtful in my career many many years ago and i have learned that since From you that I'm like yeah no like you can actually just put this together and like see it and 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 think about it from a more rational decision. So I think that's an amazing idea.
1: Thanks. (laughs) So here's I I guess I want to hear your hot takes on on this. If you're thinking about a change, let's say let's say you have an offer in hand already. Like let's let's go beyond the exploratory phase and you have an offer in hand. Do you tell your manager or not? And how does that conversation go? Is it, I'm leaving, here's my two weeks, three weeks, whatever. Or is it, hey, I've got this offer, I want to talk it out with you.
0: Oof. Oh, that's a tough one. I think it's awesome if you can be that transparent with your manager. You need to be able to trust them. And I guess like at the same time, what are you gaining from that conversation? Like If you're bringing it up to them to you see them as someone that can help you and they're going to try very hard to be impartial on the decision then go for it that's awesome and, and and there if there is that trust but i don't i don't know if you don't have that trust what are you gaining from that are you trying to hold it over their head like hey i have this offer and like you know you need to fight to keep me like i think it all depends like if you can legitimately have a great conversation with your manager who cares about you as a person and, and someone who's growing absolutely like i hope you are at that point cuz that that is how the relationship should be at the end of the day can this person grow and and like if it's not at the company that we're working together or not in the team and and they're getting this offer like i want to help them and and see them go that far but that's not always the case so i think you need to really ask like what are you trying to gain from that conversation i freaking love that
3: advice ryan like that i i want to echo it but this is just advice that I've heard from random peers, which is when you have a conversation like that with your manager, you know, like, let's let's say, like, the most positive case, they come back and say, hey, you know what? We really value you. We're going to give you what you want, whether it's a role change or, or a higher salary or something. I think the, the advice that I've been told is that generally what happens is the manager starts to think, this employee has their like mind out the door, you know, they, they wanted to leave and, you know, and they're really thinking, what were the reasons why they wanted to leave? Because, you know, to you, maybe money will help. Maybe like a role change will help, but is that really going to help? And so it kind of puts you in this like list of people and into this bucket. I'm not saying all managers think this way, but this is just the advice that I've been told where, you know, you can kind of be seen as someone who's, considering a role change and now it's the time to think of backup options so just be very cautious about when you decide to have that conversation and I, I really like the advice that ryan said like what what is the goal that you're trying to achieve with a conversation like that
2: i've never gotten an offer and then use that to try and stay somewhere <laughs> i don't know many people yeah. who have actually i feel like if there's things you're unhappy about for you know a period of time before you even actually make the, that I, you know, make that call to actually start interviewing and get the job offer. Hopefully you've maybe, if you've ha- had a conversation with your manager to be like, hey, I, I really don't appreciate working 70 hours a week. I wonder what we can do to change that. And then if that conversation doesn't go well, it's like having an offer in hand is not going to make that change any more than the other conversation. So I don't, I don't know about Using it to stay. Or it's like temporary, (laughs) right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I also want to add that, you know, if you have the trust to tell, the trust with your manager to tell them, hey, I have an offer, Give, um, what can we do about this? I I feel like you can probably, before you get to that point, maybe go a step, this is what Stacey was mentioning, you know, like have that conversation with your man. Like it should be pretty obvious to your manager you're not happy and- Try like that conversation should be something you bring up in one-on-ones, and you know you shouldn't make that a secret. It shouldn't be a surprise to your manager if you're thinking of leaving. It is my perspective. If you really have that trust, so don't don't let it get to the point where like, all right, I got an offer. What can we do about this? Like, I would say that's probably like the last resort kind of thing where you you you. They know you're unhappy. They can't do any. They, I guess they can't do anything about it. So, you know, that's the ultimatum
0: is is my perspective. So I don't know about all of you. I've made many mistakes throughout my career. And I always look back. It's it's not the worst thing because I've learned from them. But I'm curious, like what mistakes have you made about like being able to make a career change?
1: Switching roles for more money like Stacy said the the spreadsheet and pros cons list and weights and all that it's really important because it's really easy to get distracted by a large number and especially if it's substantially more than you're making now and you just look at that and you're just totally myopic you 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 forget everything else like how's the work life balance how's your manager how are your peers is the work you're doing valuable? Like, are you selling ads to people? Is it like soul crushing work, but it's more money? Like, you, it, it's really important not to get too distracted by money. And I, I say this in a, in a position of privilege, I know, because we're, we're pretty good out here. But the mistake I've made was leaving a company for more money, and missing all of the red flags, like, hey, it's 7pm. Why is everybody still here? Oh, because the CEO is still here. And he likes to see us working. That's a red flag right there. But mm-hmm. I'm like, it's more money or hey, the the two founders are like pretty buddy buddy and they like to go out drinking and just have a crazy time and come back to the office. Sometimes that's a red flag right there. But I missed all of that because I solely focused on the the increase in salary that I got. And thankfully, I was able to leverage that that job to to do more, but. That's a mistake. Uh, just looking at pure compensation is almost always a mistake. It's an important factor, but like Stacy said, you have to weigh them against everything else.
2: Yeah. Like, not asking. I, my mistakes, I think, were like, as my career progressed, I've learned more about what I should ask in the interview and, and knowing like the really important questions to ask because of how much they affect me and make me happy or not happy. And now knowing these questions better i'm you know it's like i made mistakes of not asking the right things in the interview process and then you get to the job and you're like oh this is not i did not sign up for this but not sometimes they don't they're not going to tell you in an interview right like sometimes maybe they make everything more rosy than it actually is but that's a that's a lesson learned for sure for
0: me and that comes a little more with experience too. Like you start to be able to read it a little bit better where you're like, hmm, yeah, you're 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 pitching the rosy picture, but like what is it actually like in this culture? Stacey, you mentioned good managers. I've definitely stayed too long with like bad managers and I think it's like you think it's going to get better. It doesn't. You know, I wish it did, but it it doesn't and and so i've definitely had that happen more than a couple times where i've stuck it out being like oh it's gonna get better but i don't i don't know when the right time is or when's the right timing cheers cheers like to call it like where you're like it is literally not getting better i don't know that that's one that's always stuck out in my mind where it's it comes down to i felt like i stayed too long and i still don't have an answer for this but i'm gonna share it that it's like every time i reflect on it, it's like oh i stayed too long that was a mistake and so i don't know if i've shortened that over the years when i've had that happen i don't know but it, it's a tough one to deal with
2: it's so hard cuz sometimes maybe you you're like your teammates are great and like other aspects are really yep. great and that's the only variable that's not and you're like well I'll just ignore that. I'll ignore my manager as much as possible yep. and cut and then but the other stuff I'll like, you know, pay attention to my teammates and maybe that'll make it better. <laughs> you end up staying too long. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I, I think it is. It goes to those like factors of like you put them all and you weight them and everything like that. And you're like, Well, I have this amazing team. I love the work. I'm happy in that aspect. But then you go into like a one on one with your manager and you're like, Oh my god, I hate my life. And it's like that's a huge barrier right there but like you you kind of like rationalize it because you're like i have all these amazing other features that come with it
1: I, I i've been uh fortunate to be around a lot of people and and socialize with with a lot of people so i i can share some mistakes that i've i've seen made and that were shared with me uh one is ryan just like you're saying staying too long like listening i i guess, Balling for the emotional appeal of a role where it's like, we're a startup, we're a family, we brought you in, we took you out of boot camp and built you into this incredible software engineer. Uh, you should stay because we care about you. And, and I'm not discounting, you know, there are really tight relationships you, you form at work, but no one else is looking out for your career more than you. Uh, not, not your manager, not, not your best friends. Like, it's just you because at the end of the day, you have to do the work. Uh, I've seen people stick around too long at, at companies because they're like, oh, you know, we're a family or it's tight. Uh, and I'm like, hey, you can do better than this place. Uh, and it's, it's not the best place for you. Um, uh, I've seen, I've seen people leave companies. Like you're saying, I guess this, uh, because like one bad day and granted, usually one bad day or the, the compound result of many bad days, but like one thing, and you like flip out burn your bridges and just like, F you guys, I'm out. Uh, I, I think that's a mistake. Even if it's a terribly toxic company, tech is a really small world. I, I promise you the people I run into 10 years ago are people I see today, uh, even though we've never worked together. We still, the circles are still the same. So I think leaving poorly, no matter how the company is treating you it is, is a mistake. Like have your have your dignity and walk out the front door. Uh, yeah, I, I've seen I've seen a lot of mistakes. Obviously, if if people had perfect careers, then we probably wouldn't be doing a podcast on this. They would automatically know when to change roles. We shouldn't flip tables, Jeb. I mean, you can first you have I, to, I to mean, put panda suit. On. Like I said, you career. Your-
2: <laughs> <laughs> you have to put a I mean, panda suit on good... and then wipe the computer off the table. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like... I think that's a perfect segue before we get into picks. I would love like one piece of advice that you all would leave with our listeners, what to do when you're wanting to change your role or thinking about it, you know, maybe it isn't flipping the table over, or like Jem said, you can do it, but it's a small community. So I, I'm curious, like what's one piece of advice you would live, leave our listeners?
3: Yeah, I guess I can start. Uh, like, I think th- this was uh, something, I, like I echo a lot of what you all said about like staying too long. Um, That was a mistake I also made. Um, And, you know, it was, and I actually don't regret it, but, um, you know, I think retrospectively, you know, it wouldn't have been as consequential to have left early and it may have been beneficial. You know, we've crossed that bridge and we'll never know. But one advice that I will give is, you know, when you have an awesome team and when you have, like, it's really hard to, to stop, like, you know, being a part of this company family that they've created. Like when you're looking for a job, just realize looking for a job is a full-time job. That was like one piece of advice that uh, someone gave me. And you need to realize that when you are looking for a job, you know, you have to make sacrifices at your current job. You cannot do both. And you can't like go interviewing around, but expect to be the highest performing person in your team or something like that like so if you're looking for a job you need to take it seriously and you and you need to put in the effort uh, because people will see that you're not putting in the effort when you're looking for a job they're going to be like mm, i don't think this person actually really wants to leave so just like be honest with yourself when you're looking for that job that was a mistake that i made like i was kind of in this middle ground of like i'll explore but if i don't get it then i don't care and i'll just be honest you're not going to get it if you don't care
2: Mm. Let's see. I guess this sounds cliche, but life is short, and so really pay attention to what makes you happy, and then try and you know adjust if you can. I know it's sometimes a lot of privilege to be able to 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 change roles and easily switch things, but but if you can, it's worth it because you're spending you know forty plus hours of your life doing this thing. At least try and make it so that it generally ticks as many of those positive boxes as as you can.
1: I'll just echo uh, the advice that was given in the show by all of you, which is, yeah, understand your priorities. You should apply different weights to different things before you make a role change. And uh, Stacey, I love what you said earlier. Yeah, like find a manager that vibes with you. Like that is so critical. It's something that I think until I I got to my current stage in my career, I totally neglected. I was just like, is it cool tech? Is it a great stack? Is it a cool company with a good reputation? Is it, are they paying me a lot of money? Do they have a cool office? And like all these other, I I guess, tangible things, but the intangible of, do you get along with your peers? Do you connect well with your manager? Is your manager going to look out for your career growth? Or are they, I don't know, petty? And if you threaten to leave, they're like, flip out on you or something like that. I, I, I really can't underestimate the importance of what a, a good manager will play in your career. So when you're looking for a role, really interview them just as much as they're interviewing you and like press and ask the hard questions and see, see if they, they stand up to your expectations. Cause yeah, uh, and then like, obviously when I say good manager, I'm talking about Ryan, uh, I, th- I was privileged of he's been my manager for like three years and literally I would not be where I am without, without him today. Uh, but like, that just goes straight. You like, look at where I am now because of a good manager. And like you can, you can do so much more when you have like a good team, and a good manager. Uh, yeah. And also, like I said earlier, money isn't everything. It is important, uh, and don't don't let anybody undervalue you at all. Like, don't take that crap. But, but it, it's not everything. If you're talking about two different offers at the same pay, roughly, like really, really think about what's important.
0: Jam, how do I follow that? Thank you, man. You know, but I think I I, I like your advice. Good managers. I don't think I even valued it until probably recently, where I thought like that is like one of my top criteria because um, you you spend so much time with them. But another thing I was going to say too that I've learned is don't wait till you're unhappy, and and that's hard. It is very very hard, but I feel like kind of similar to Augustus said is like sometimes you aren't going to show up to those interviews well. I think when you're so unhappy and almost defeated in your current role it shows in the interview like you show up unconfident like you're just not going to show up your best self and that's tough it's such a shitty place to be in and I feel for anyone having to be there because you're like get out like you've realized I need to get out and you need to interview hopefully you can try and avoid getting in that and if you are in that space take a break take a vacation try and get out of that headspace an interview. Um, cause I think like you want to set yourself up for success in those interviews. All right. Well, this is an awesome conversation. Uh, let's hop into picks, uh, in each episode of the front End happy hour podcast, we love to share picks that things that we found interesting and want to share with all of you. It could be all over the map, what we're sharing. I'm always curious, Jem. what do you have for us? Uh, Valley Silicon, whatever it is i'm i'm very always curious what do you have for us
1: oh i i'm so excited cuz uh i've got a valley silicon pick and i've got a silicon valley pick uh you know it's a rare <laughs> two but to start uh i will one of my picks is uh bruce wang he is a uh, leader at netflix someone who i haven't i have interacted in passing and every time i i see him i'm like this is what a leader looks like this is what a leader acts like uh Fortunately, he has open sourced his leadership philosophy, which is amazing. It, it has uh, it's on GitHub, uh, and it has this chart about uh, safety versus accountability, and like where you want to operate, and all these like amazing things that hopefully someday I'm to this level of leadership where I have my own philosophy. Uh, I, I highly recommend it for leaders and or people looking like what should a good manager or leader do? What should they look like? And this is what. This is an example of what they should should look and sound like. For my, I don't know if I should do Valley Silicon or Silicon Valley first, because they're both rants. as As is my uh, as is my nature, Uh, I'll I'll go with my uh, the first the first one. I'll do Valley Silicon. Um, For those that are uh, new to the show and not yet front and happy hour regulars, uh, Valley Silicon is the part of the show where I call out things that you know they probably shouldn't exist, and they only exist because people here in Silicon Valley get paid. Far too much money. So for this particular pick, um, all of you are, are you familiar with a balance bike? Parents of small children will probably have a balance bike. Okay. Uh, so for those who, who don't know a, a balance bike is a really small miniature bike, essentially it has no pedals and it's mostly used for children to work on their balancing, uh, pretty simple device. Since there's no crank or gears, the, the actual expensive part of a bike. They're usually pretty inexpensive. We picked up one the other day for fifteen dollars. So, what if I told you there was a uh, bike company that released a balance bike for the low price of one thousand dollars? <laughs> and mind you, this this is a bike for children. It has no pedals. Uh, it is carbon fiber. It, I mean, honestly, it's a really good-looking <laughs> balance bike. Carbon fiber. Uh, it is made by Specialized, which is a, is a fairly, That's a good fairly brand. high-end bike company. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. But it's a $1,000. <laughs> and anybody with children will know, children go through things very quickly. Like six months, they, they could be out of this balanced bike. But <clears throat> let me read from the page. If we want to inspire the next generation of riders, kids deserve better bikes. That's why we took the same tech beyond our world championship winning bikes and combined it with proportional design to build the ultimate balanced bike. We poured over every detail to achieve a ride quality that's unprecedented. It's such a small size.
2: Ride quality. <laughs> it's it's, I it's love a balance
1: it. bike. Like you're not, they're not competing in races. They're not going downhill. They're not doing jumps. Like there's, there's
0: a, and there's no like, there's no smoothness of ride. Their feet are on the ground.
1: Yeah. It, it, <laughs> wow. I mean, shout out to Specialized if they can get away with it, and they probably will sell it. You know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You want to spend a thousand dollars on a bike? I spend fifteen dollars. I, I hope you can,
0: I hope you can like put the pedals on it. But I'm pretty sure you can't. Even a thousand dollars is so expensive. But some of the bikes, I do know there's like some that are balanced bikes that you can grow with your kid, where they'll you can add the pedals on and things like that. And they're not a thousand dollars. I'm telling you that. Wow. I mean,
1: again, if if you care about spending literally a hundred X on a on a bike that your kid will be out in six months. Hey, props to you. And if specialized wants to send me one for review, I, I will take one. I'm sure my, <laughs> my son will definitely not throw it over because it's it's especially like because carbon fiber. He he definitely will take good care of it. I'm I'm sure he will. Uh so uh, if you're if you feel like your child is missing that in your life, hey um be the best parent and get them this thousand dollar balance bike. Uh that was my Valley Silicon pick. For my Silicon Valley pick I recently, uh, I, this is not a humble brag. I, I have a fairly large house and I, I promise I'm not bragging. It's just really long. So if there's a package or something, I've got to like get up from my desk, walk all the way downstairs to see who's at the door. It, it's a hassle, especially working from home all the, all the time. And we have a lot of construction and stuff like that going on. So I, I, you know, I, I went and bought an outdoor camera for my house just so I can see what's going on. No, no, Ryan. Ryan's doing a little dance. You all can't see this. Uh, no, this is not the start of a smart home. I refuse. You all know how I feel about that. But I didn't do any research because I, I trusted the brand, and I got a Google Nest uh, cam battery, brand new. What can I say about this camera? It, it, its image quality is not anywhere near its competitors. It's only 1080p. It's not 2K or even 4K. It's expensive. It's not any cheaper. It doesn't work with Nest software, which is the reason why I bought it because I have like a Nest thermostat and you know, which, which actually is pretty good, but it doesn't work with Nest software, even though it's called the Google Nest cam battery, you have to use a Google home. So now I have uh, a nursery cam for my son and I have this outdoor camera and there's two different apps and it's, you're like, come on, Google, come on. Like, it's so frustrating. Like these little simple things uh, and the to top it all off, it only has a three hour recording window. So someone breaks into your house, does something, but it was outside of three hours, sucks to be you. You will never know anything. So at that point, and, oh, and because it, it doesn't work with the Nest app itself, I can't use like, and it can't buy a subscription or anything to have longer video. So I'm forced to use Google Home, which before the show, Augustus and I were going on a rant about the Google Home app. Anyways, so this is my rant on the Google Nest Cam battery. It, it's it's a glorified webcam with a three hour recording time, and, and like for that, I can I can go much much cheaper. It, I, I I hate to say it, but I think this is my last Google product that I will buy sight unseen. I will wait my time and read reviews rather than like blindly trusting them because it's such a disappointment. It, it's I don't want to go on a rant about Google and how they build products, but I've got plenty to say about that. And we we can go off for a when we go offline, we'll we'll go on a rant about that. Uh, but those are my picks. Thank you all for listening to, to Gem Rants of the, of the day.
0: All right, Stacy. How do you follow? I can't how follow, do you follow that.
2: they <laughs> are so boring now. Uh, I, two music picks. It's been a long time since I've been on an episode, so I've had a long time to listen to some new tunes. Uh, the first pick is Pulses of Information by Rival Consoles. I think I've had some picks from Rival Consoles before. Uh, it's a newer song from him. Uh, quote, swirling below the skin and echoing through the body, the track connects us through unspoken dialogue. Give you a, an idea of what that might be like. And the second pick is Ocean Tumblers by Kiln. That It's a track from 2020, so it's not super new, but... They hadn't put out anything in a, in a while. Kilns, they're a Michigan-based instrumental collective. Um, they've been around, I think, since 1993. And this, was, this song has been described, well, not this song in particular, but their sound in general has been described as uh, constructing radiantly textured sound fields that develop and immerse the listener in a panoramic smudge of chromatic rhythms and syncopated tones. So... Give those two a listen they're good on the headphones
0: i love that i love the description like it's so good augustus what do you have for us
3: Ooh, sure
0: i have two picks on uh, my first pick
3: of uh, speaking of apps that have arisen from the pandemic th- from people quitting their jobs and you know um, <laughs> uh, it's this app called a uh, finch uh, it's a self-care uh pet game um so um you know, it's so, so interesting. Um, I didn't know that much about, uh, you know, mental health is such an important thing. And this this app basically is just like a very simple app that it's, it's basically a journaling app. And what it does is it creates this little pet and you record like how you're feeling that day. And and it's like really cool. It, it does some ML stuff. Uh, I'll just do a shame, shameless plug. Uh, this, this app was actually made by my brother's uh, wife. Um, and she quit her job to work on this and, uh, it it got on the app store. So, um, I, I personally am a little invested in it because I've seen it from like alpha to beta to gamma to where it is now. So, um, I, I honestly think it's a, it's worth checking out. Um, so appreciate it if you can, uh, okay. Okay. Well, I'll just say another thing. Like there's some cool stuff. They like do some machine learning with it uh, to help, you know, like, like different, like how you're feeling, et cetera, Depending on what you journal, so I don't know. There's like some cool tech stuff with it too. If you're ever interested, feel free to reach out. And um, and my second pick is is a music pick. Uh, it's a playlist called Sessions Vi. Uh, it's actually made by the people who made League of Legends, the Riot Games. Um, and they have like a really good music producing. The company that they partner with or something i don't know they they make really th- this playlist is uh has like a lot of good beats it's really good for studying there's no lyrics um but the cool thing is uh this this playlist actually is dmca free uh they made it so that content creators can use it so if you stream if you're content creators like who have a podcast you know <laughs> uh, you, you can use it and it's copyright free
0: so i yeah just want to give a shout out to that too very cool well i have just two picks for us this episode i have a cool i want to call it a productivity plugin but it's called fig it's a plugin for the terminal it's a nice little hack that has like autocomplete for command line uh, that presents you with the nice little menu if you use vs code you'll be very familiar it looks exactly the same but you start typing like git and it's like We'll try and like suggest different autocomplete commands. I love it. It's just like this nice little hack that makes my life so much easier. I believe it. it's not fully available yet, but you can request an early access at fig.io. And then my next pick is uh, about a week ago or so. My team and I were talking about how important communication is, especially in the remote times or remote world that we are in. And it reminded me of this book that I read years ago called The Culture Map. It's such a great book that covers how different cultures communicate and how they're unique to one another. I highly recommend just reading it. You'll learn so much about how to communicate with different cultures and, and how in which they communicate. It's just like it was really interesting. I, I find all around it's great, but it will also make us all be better with our colleagues. All right, well, that is all we have for today's episode. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. You can find us at frontendhappyhour.com. You can find us on Twitter at frontendHH. You can really subscribe to us on whatever you like to listen to podcasts on. Any last words? Buy our merch. We just released a sweatshirt. Ooh, we did, yes. Winter's coming, I mean, we need to stay warm. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> See you all next timing.
3: Oh,
2: oh, cheers. oh cheers.
3: Cheers. <laughs> cheers.